0: He has a one-in-five chance of taking home his third Kentucky Derby and second in a row. We'll talk with trainer Todd Pletcher about his quartet of Derby starters. Plus, the most American of horse races could come down to the sport's most international rivalry. We'll talk with Junior Alvarado, jockey of Enticed, who's owned by Dubai's ruling family. We'll have all that and more on the Tuesday edition of In the Gate.
1: They're in the gate. They're in the gate. In the gate. They're in the gate.
2: It's a head-by-big finish.
0: This is In The Gate, ESPN's Thoroughbred Racing Podcast. My name is Barry Abrams. You can follow me on Twitter at B Abrams Voice or on Facebook at Barry Abrams Voice. You can also get us on our YouTube channel by searching In The Gate Podcast. You can get us on SoundCloud as well, which services the iTunes Store and TuneIn.com. You can get us on that little pink Podcatcher app on your phone you didn't even know you had. And now you can subscribe to In The Gate in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. For the full In The Gate experience, subscribe now in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. Back in the 80s and 90s, trainer D. Wayne Lucas practically invented the term Super Trainer, one trainer with an operation covering multiple racetracks at one time. Lucas had strings of horses on both the east and west coasts at the same time, and he became the sport's all-time leading money winner. At 82 years young, Lucas is back for this year's derby with Bravazo, by the way, but it was one of his protégés, Todd Pletcher, who has perfected the art that Wayne Lucas developed stakes winners roll out of the pletcher barns like apples falling from a tree he'll look for his second straight kentucky derby win and third overall when he sends out not one not two not even three but four potential starters all of whom are coming off smashing victories in their most recent starts it would be practically dizzying for most trainers to handle this kind of success or schedule but it's really just another day at the office for trainer todd pletcher whom we welcome back here to win the gate
2: Magnum Moon goes
0: to the half-mile pole, and he is a measured half-length in front of Quip in second. And here comes Quip to the throat latch of Magnum Moon. Magnum Moon is only a half ahead in front of Quip in second. Here's Solomini in tenfold. Top of the stretch in the Arkansas Derby, and Magnum Moon cuts the corner and leads. Magnum Moon has suddenly opened up a a three-and-a-half-length margin, and he's going to be an undefeated Arkansas Derby winner. Get ready, Kentucky. There's a bad moon on the rise let's start with magnum moon and the curse of apollo magnum moon didn't run as a two-year-old apollo back in 1882 is the last derby winner not to run at age two so let's start with this what was it in his training that set his debut back to january
1: well he's a mayful he came into us at saratoga and we felt like he has a horse with a lot of potential Still a little immature at that time, and we felt like the best move was to back off of his training, give him a little bit of a vacation. He went down to my father's training center in Ocala, Florida, gave him uh, gave him about 45 days of turnout time, and I think it really was instrumental in his development and filling out and maturing, and part of the reason why he's been successful this year. So anytime you miss a little bit of training like that you know if you're off for 45 days it a lot of times takes you 90 days to get ready so you know it's just the natural progression of his development got him ready on uh, january 13th and then all good from there
0: well that said since the time frame was pushed back when did you think well we might have him ready for the first saturday of may uh, it sounds like you were not really thinking that when he first started racing
1: well, you know, I think it's premature to think that way with any of them. He is a Colt that we had high hopes for and high expectations. But, you know, at the same time, he needed to start his career. And, you know, when he won a six-furlong race at Gulfstream on January 13th, we felt like, okay, we might have something really nice here. But I think the Derby really came onto the radar after his, after his race in Tampa. When he won a two-turn allowance race stretched out, and did it very convincingly, very easily. That's when we decided to go the Oaklawn route to hopefully put him, you know, on the list for Kentucky Derby possibilities and you know he keeps passing every test with flying colors.
0: Yeah, I mean he fought through some pretty difficult fields in the two races at Oaklawn Park, so he has the seasoning, but everybody talks about how no horses won the Derby after racing unraced at two since eighteen eighty two. There has to be something that these horses don't have who don't race it too. What do you think that is, and how do you think he overcomes that?
1: Well, I think we've seen a lot of trends change in recent derbies, and Florida Derby being run five weeks before the Kentucky Derby is one reason why I think uh, we put to bed that opinion a while ago that you couldn't have your final prep five weeks out and still be in the Kentucky Derby and now that you know, it's been with Always Dreaming last year in Barbaro and I think several other winners have gone that path so you know, I think uh, as, as trends change and horses are more lightly raced leading into the Derby that it's just a matter of time until this so-called Apollo Curse is broken and I think with horses like Magna Moon and Justify going into this year's Derby that you know, there, there's a chance it could happen as, as soon as this year.
0: So, you were talking about the Florida Derby.
1: Here's Audible looming up on the
0: outside, and Hoffberg in the center of the course has good looking momentum for Jose Ortiz. With less than a quarter of a mile to go, they're at the top of the stretch. Audible let loose on the outside to take the lead. Hoffberg straightens up and tries to finish up. With less than an eighth of a mile to go, it's the Holy Bull winner. Audible who's clear. Audible by three. Hoffberg can't get him. Mississippi is third. Five Florida Derbies for Todd Pletcher. Audible, no doubt about it. And it seems like it was about a hundred years ago now that Audible won the Florida Derby. It seems like it was just so long ago because these so many races have happened in between there.
1: Yeah, we've had Noble Indian win the Louisiana Derby six weeks out, and Noble five weeks out, and Vito Rosso and the Wood Memorial four weeks out, and then the Magnum Moon and the Arkansas Derby three weeks out. So, you know, it's it does seem like a long time ago now, but, you know, ultimately for pairing these horses, we we love the spacing of the Louisiana Derby at six weeks and Arkansas Derby at three weeks. It just, you know, it all comes down to how you're trying to get each individual horse there. And, you know, they've all kind of landed on different schedules. And yet hopefully they're still sitting up to run you know, their best race on May 5th at Churchill.
0: Now, you had, for years, a reputation of two-year-olds who really shined at three. Some of them would, some of them would tail off, some of them would run evenly, but you had a big reputation with two-year-olds. Now, all of a sudden, you have four horses who are coming in off at least one win in a row, in many cases, two, three, and four in a row at the age of three. Is there something different that you're looking for now when you go to the auctions, or is this just a coincidence?
1: I think it's a little bit of both, you know, and, and what we try to do is we try to maximize each horse's individual talent. And, you know, in some cases, some horses are designed to be precocious two-year-olds and flourish at, a you know, the early spring and summer. And so if, if we feel like we've identified that that's what they're going to be best at, then, you know, we try to put them in position to maximize their potential at that. In these horses' cases, you know, they were all horses that we felt like had two-turn pedigrees and horses that we felt like would, you know, excel later on. So we, we just try to take it by each individual and try to do what we think is best to put them in the position to you know, be the most successful they can be.
0: Now, of the four horses that you have, I mean, some of them, like Noble Indy, can take their racetrack with them. He's won at Gulfstream, he's won at the fairgrounds. You know, other horses like Magna Moon have bulled their way through tough fields, closing from behind. So I don't think any horse checks all boxes. What are the things that are most concerning to you for these four as they enter the Kentucky Derby?
1: Well, I think we always look for that signal that they really handle the Churchill surface. It can be a little bit of a peculiar surface, and some horses don't always grip it real well. So you know, hopefully they do well, and that translates to running well on race day.
0: Is there anything you can do to prepare them for the experience, for the crowd, for the noise, for the color?
1: There's nothing that, that we can do that duplicates the Kentucky Derby atmosphere. One thing that we have been able to do is in these final prep races with these horses going to Louisiana in front of their biggest crowd and Arkansas in front of their biggest crowd. Even with Vino Rosso going to Tampa a couple times in front of a relatively big crowd with A lot of people standing right around the paddock and and being able to handle that and Audible and the Florida Derby, which would have been the biggest crowd they had there this winter and spring. So I think those things help, but there's certainly nothing you can do that that duplicates uh, 150,000 people. Well,
0: there's probably nothing that can match the experience of winning it as you did last year, unless you do it again. And we certainly wish you the very best of luck, Todd Pletcher. Thank you so much for a few minutes.
1: You're welcome. Thank you, Barry.
0: We're going to take a short break here on In the Gate, but when we come back, the most American of horse races could come down to the sport's most international rivalry. Junior Alvarado, the jockey of Enticed, who's owned by the Dubai ruling family, will be joining us, so don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the In the Gate podcast. If you're a sports fan, not just racing then you know that the lifeblood of sports are rivalries. Auburn, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, Yankees, Red Sox, Barcelona and Real Madrid, you get the idea. Well, in racing, since you can never count on whether horses will face each other often enough, like Affirmed and Aladar, the rivalries have to come from the human connections. If you follow racing internationally, you know that maybe the best rivalry in horse racing involves Coolmore stud of Ireland and Godolphin, owned by the ruling family of Dubai. They've competed for supremacy both on the track and at the biggest horse auctions. Most notably, Coolmore outbid Godolphin in 2006 for a yearling that went for a world-record $16 million. From the mid-'80s until the turn of the 21st century, it was Godolphin dominating Coolmore and others on the track. But then the tide turned to Coolmore, whose stallion bloodlines became the sport's most sought-after. Yet, as hungry as the sheiks of Dubai were for talent, in September of 2005, Godolphin stopped bidding for the children of Coolmore stallions. At the time, in one of the London auctions, Kumor's progeny made up a full third of the sales catalogue. Huffy, huffy! That boycott ended only this past September. For six years, Coolmore refused to send any of its powerful runners to Dubai's biggest racing party, the World Cup Carnival. That's changed in recent years as well. As a matter of fact, one of Coolmore's best three-year-olds went to Dubai in late March and put on the most eye-popping performance on the Kentucky Derby Trail.
2: Mendelssohn, en route perhaps to the Kentucky Derby, is going to
0: absolutely jog up. What a win by Mendelssohn. Mendelssohn by a conservative 17 lengths. Not to be outdone, of course, Godolphin has a prime Kentucky Derby candidate as well, though he's learned his lessons here in the United States. Old-time revival trying to pull off the upset, Enticed is chasing with with determination, free drop Billy on the outside, and then Firenze fire, there in the final furlong, Enticed lengthening his stride, trying to get to this long shot old-time revival, and he collars him at the 16th pole, it will be Enticed, sharp in victory, and wrapped up by Junior Alvarado as they stroll home in the Gotham. Enticed comes in also having won the Kentucky Jockey Club stakes last fall at Churchill, site of the derby, against a bunch of horses who would go on to take a number of stakes afterward. Could the Godolphin-Kumor rivalry resurface on this side of the Atlantic? One person who'll have a say in that outcome is jockey Junior Alvarado, who rides Enticed, and we're pleased to welcome Junior Alvarado back here to In the Gate. Before his win in the Gotham, He threw in a clunker in the Holy Bull at Gulfstream Park in Florida. What was the difference between that race and his Gotham win?
2: You know, because I wasn't the rider at that time, you know, I I really didn't ask much around, you know, what the horse, you know. I know they were very shocked the way he runs, you know. Because sometimes, you know, even, you know, if the horse doesn't win, you know, that doesn't really mean he didn't run, you know. But, you know, if he, he tries, you know, a good second, a good third, you know. He have to performance, you know, but that day, you know, even when I watched the race, I mean, I couldn't even come out with any answer why he would have run so bad like that, you know. I know he was inside in the rail. I know he's a horse that, like, he didn't do anything the first time when I was in the rail, and, you know, he was completely fine being inside horses, you know, and then, you know, it seems like later on, you know, he seems like he get bothered a little bit with horses outside, so that's what Pretty much Kiana was, you know, thinking that he didn't want it to be pinning the rail the whole way. And, you know, he never make any effort at all just because he was in the rail, you know. Then in the Gatton, you know, like they say, you know, we we broke from the outside. Then, you know, we say like, let's just stay outside of every horse. Let's not any horse go outside with us. And then we'll try that to see if he, that, you know, helps a little bit. And, you know, it did work out, you know, just even though, you know, I thought if we would have been the inside or any part of the track, you know, he would have still warm because I thought that, that he was just so much the best horse.
0: When you started warming him up, when you first got on him the first few times, did he respond to you when you try to communicate with him?
2: Yeah, yeah. He's a horse, you know, he's he's pretty strong, big, big, cold, you know, and last couple of times, you know, when I get on, you know, he kind of knows, you know, the, what are we doing, you know, even during the post parade, you know, sometimes I tap him a little bit in the shoulder just to see... What would be his reaction, you know? And like I said, like, last couple races with me, you know, when we walk into the gate, I tap him a little bit, just lightly, and, you know, I can feel right away that he's, he responds right away, you know? He knows that when it's about to, time to run, you know? So he's been, you know, ready the last couple of times, that's for sure.
0: There was some bumping in the stretch in his most recent start, the wood. He bumped a bit with the eventual winner, Vino Rosso. How did that affect Enticed?
2: You know, he he did get bothered, you know, like, he seems like he doesn't want it to be, like, you know, inside of horses, you know, he, he does probably would have, would have that fight back if he would, he wouldn't get bumped so many times, you know, but, you know, after probably the second bump, third bump, you know, he switched it from behind, he was off the game after that, you know, I can tell, you know, he threw the head up and, and kind of like, I'm giving up on this, you know. And even though, you know, I'm still, you know, trying to to ride at least to hold for a second, you know. I felt right away that he gave up on me at that point, you know, when he got bumped at the third time, you know. And, you know, wasn't much I can really do, you know. I just try to keep, you know, encourage him and, you know, try to keep letting him know, like, you know, it's okay. You just keep going, just keep going, you know. And, you know, he did hold, you know, hold for a second, but... He did, you know, he, he, he didn't like that bumping much at all. You know, even though he's a big call he's that kind of horse that doesn't want to get bothered too much in the race, you know.
0: Now, you know, of course, that Enticed is owned by Godolphin. Godolphin's main rival is Coolmore, and they'll also be at the Derby. They're bringing Mendelssohn. Now, these are the two most prolific ownership groups in the sport. What impact does that make on you when you're riding for one of them?
2: You know, it's, it's, it's very excited, you know. Some other people probably, some other jockeys would probably get nervous. I'm just, I don't know, it's, it's very excited. you know. It's another, it, get, it, it gives me to be in an extra, another level of excitement about the competition and the derby, you know. It's just derby and then, you know, we will try to, to do my best because, you know, at the same time, you know, through the past 5 6 years you know like almost every year i keep getting her keep getting her getting her you know and you know my the opportunities you know keep you know shortening up and thinking this is a great opportunity for me you know and you know i'll, I'll try to do my best and and like i say me just get me more excited because you know i think it could be a great opportunity if i, I get the i get the chance to win the Kentucky Derby
0: Now, you've ridden for these connections once before in the Derby, your only start back in 2016 for the Sheiks of Dubai trainer, Kieran McLaughlin. That was Mohamed, who finished fourth. Now, first of all, what was it like for you that day, the whole Derby experience?
2: No, it was great. It was a great experience. Definitely nothing like before, you know, I've been in other great ones, races, but nothing compared to the Derby. I mean, it's, it's, it's the biggest race, you know, like. The excitement is at the top, and and you get nervous, you know. I wouldn't lie that, I, you know, that day I was nervous, you know. I was fine during, before the race, but you know, as soon as I get up on the horse, you know, we were walking out, and then in the post parade, you know, you have your heart beating faster than normally, you know. But, you know, I thought it was going to be normal, you know, being the first time in derby, you know. But, you know, like, as soon as we leave the gate, we, we we forget that. There's that no more nervousness. It's, it's nothing. You just, you're just focus and do your job, you know. But definitely experience of a lifetime, for sure.
0: Well, certainly, I understand, you know, once you leave the gate, it's just a horse race again. But now that you've done it before, what do you think it'll be like to experience it the second time?
2: I, I'll probably have to say, you know, definitely, you know, being less nervous will be one of those things. And the second thing, you know, like I remember... The first time I rode the derby, you know, I was probably like 11, 12 coming to the first turn. And, you know, I went through a lot of traffic, you know, to finish four, you know, but, you know, I thought it was pretty smooth. And, and you know, you just try to remember that in case something similar has to be done in the Kentucky Derby this year, you know, but it's a little advantage when you've definitely been in the derby before, you know, you had to know, you had to handle the 20 horse field, you know, so it's another 19 horses. In the race, you know, and, and, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on there with too many horses in the race. But, you know, it gives you a little more confidence when you already rode at least once that race.
0: Jockey Junior Alvarado joining us here on In the Gate. he pilot enticed in the 144th Kentucky Derby. This has been a heck of a year for you. You finished first, second, or third in roughly 60% of your starts this year. That is right up there with the best among jockeys with at least 100 starts. Now, when you have that kind of success, obviously, I would think it has to boost your confidence. Do you find yourself making moves or making decisions in a race that maybe you wouldn't have made in the past when you weren't quite as confident, and then you find those decisions work out well.
2: Yeah, definitely. You know, you get more confidence, and you're riding, you know, a lot of better horses. You know, then, you know, even though sometimes you make moves that might not be the best move at the time, you know, you still ended up winning the race because you you had the best horse. But at the same time, you know, like I know, and I get to know Runova. As soon as I pass the wire, it wasn't the best move I made, but, you know, I still won that race, so I take that, you know, and make sure, you know, like, the next time, you know, it doesn't happen, and, you know, like, when you ride for for the right people, too, you know, they put you in the, in the good horses, and, you know, I'm able to performance with the horse, and and, you know, my agent's been doing... A great job, and you know, try to you know select the right amount, and you know, he, he hasn't you know getting too many mounts a day. You know, just try to get the right, you know, getting more quality than quantity, and you know, it worked out great this winter.
0: Now you are a second generation jockey, but your dad, I read, wanted you to join the military. Why was that?
2: Yeah, he he was a jockey before, so he he knew what was like it, you know plus, you know, like, when he retired, he retired because he couldn't write anymore. He, he had a bad spill, and, you know, he couldn't write anymore. And that was, you know, thinking right now, you know, after I started writing, and, you know, I became here to the United States, I get to asking, like, what well, would you didn't want me to be a jockey? He said, like, well, now you know. You have idea. You, you will have more idea when you have your kids. He said, you have your kids. You will tell me if you want him to be a jockey. He said, don't answer me that right now. When you have kids, You will tell me, and then you will know how I felt. And then, you know, right now, it all makes sense to me. You know, I have my six-year-old son that I I don't, I I want him to be anything except a jockey, you know, because it's not easy, you know. Then, you know, like, you have to deal with everyday eating, you know. You have to be very strict what you eat. Then, you know, like, every time you get on a horse, You don't know what can happen you know you always you know i do you know i do pray i do make sure stay safe but you know sometimes there are things that are out of hands you know and and it's very dangerous every time you get on a horse so i definitely understand now why my dad didn't want me to be a jockey
0: enticed is set to strike ready behind racing fourth Quip was in a bit tight got to go check right outside the quarter pole the field turns for home promises fulfilled off the turn in front drifted out just a bit bumping with re-ride arrival was wide off the turn enticed is coming down the center of the track tis Mischief is in behind racing for the eighth pole promises fulfilled is still in front but enticed is bearing down and mr between them these three across the track 100 yards to go enticed in front His mischief is finishing fast as well these two down to the wire together photo in the winner's circle is enticed now the last horse to win the gotham and then go on to win the kentucky derby was secretariat maybe you've heard of him not only that secretariat finished third in the wood memorial just before the derby enticed finished second in the wood so what is the key to enticed stepping it up to win the derby
2: You know, I think there's a little bit more in there, you know. He's a big call, and, you know, like, if a lot of people can see his workout all this year, you know, like, I don't think Kieran has really stepped in his gas yet because I don't think he hasn't seen the reason that he needed it yet, you know. And, you know, I thought there might be, you know, a little bit more, you know, they're going to probably tighten it up up a little bit more for this race coming. And, And I always knew, you know, even though last time, you know, he... He run good. I didn't thought he was his best race yet, you know. I still think, you know, he got a little more in there. And, you know, even with more distance, you know, I think he got that in him, you know. So I always, you know, was following his workout and all the stuff like that. And, and I know that he got a little more in there. And Kieran was probably just saving it for the right time and, you know, like hoping he worked out this time.
0: Well, Kieran does a great job training, and he's he's certainly given you a great piece with which to work, and we wish you the best of luck in the Kentucky Derby, and thank you so much for a few minutes.
2: No,
1: thank you.
0: Our thanks to Junior Alvarado and to Todd Pletcher. We all know 1968 was truly a tumultuous year. Civil rights protests and two prominent figures killed. But a month between the deaths of Martin Luther King and Bobby Kennedy came another incident that, with irony, is filled. Dancer's Image rallied from last to first in the Kentucky Derby, finishing a length and a half in front of forward pass. But moments after the race, Dancer's Image was disqualified for an illegal drug in his blood and was placed last. It remains the only DQ in Kentucky Derby history, and the drug in question was phenylbutazone, which now is standard fare for practically every horse who races, But back then, drugs were not something to condone. The connections of Dancer's Image say they still don't know what happened, but it's a symbol of the time when this occurred. We lost our innocence as a country 50 years ago, and racing drug-free horses is practically absurd. You can get us on our YouTube channel by searching In The Gate Podcast. You can get us on SoundCloud as well, which services the iTunes store and TuneIn.com. You can get us on that little pink podcatcher app on your phone that you didn't even know you had. And now you can subscribe to In The Gate in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. For the full In The Gate experience, subscribe now in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. And you can follow me on Twitter at B. Abrams Voice or on Facebook at Barry Abrams Voice. Remember to join us as we continue our countdown to the Kentucky Derby all week long. But for now, that's In The Gate. I'm Barry Abrams. We'll see you tomorrow.